With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty, here we go. It's great to have you in. Pack today. <laughs> Heading into the conference championship weekend in the NFL. It's great to have you with us on Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is uh, great to have you in. So, uh, like I said, plenty of stuff to cover. We're going to rank, and this is kind of my favorite time of the NFL year. I love conference championship weekend because uh, I get to do my favorite segment. Uh, we're going to do it this week uh, where we rank the uh, Super Bowl matchups that we would want to see. One through four, we'll see uh, what we would most like to see. Uh, the Brady luck continues. He wins yesterday against the Saints. Uh, I, I think the the Browns got a game stolen from them yesterday. It was just unbelievable what we saw uh, in the divisional round. So uh, we have plenty of stuff to get into today. I want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You'll see it. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. That's BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of them. You sign up, and then you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and you get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That is American betting experts. So um, later in the show today, probably about 245, 250, uh, we'll rank the quarterbacks heading into the conference championship. Uh, we'll talk about the new coaching hires. Dan Campbell uh, reportedly going to the uh, Detroit Lions. Brandon Staley, the defense coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator of the Rams. I can't even talk today. Um, he's going to the LA Chargers. A lot of people thought that was going to be Brian Dable, uh, and that is not going to be the case. So, uh, like I said, flooded with topics today. I do want to begin with this. Uh, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, they're, they're high, you know, I guess theoretically, they're making me kind of eat it a little bit. Right, most people are gonna are gonna tell me, "Well, Guido, you were boy, were you wrong on Tampa? <laughs> you were way wrong." And I guess you know, part of me deserves that. You know, I told you that Tampa Bay isn't a Super Bowl team. I never thought that they were a Super Bowl team, and it turns out that there is a very real possibility that they could not only go to the Super Bowl but win it. Um, look, I never thought that they were. Yeah, I, I. I they were losing games that I didn't think that they should lose. They lost at Chicago. They had lost to the Rams at home. Like they, I mean, again, against, you know, I guess semi-competitive teams, like they, they were losing to. And they had a couple of wins that were really good too, right? They beat Green Bay pretty badly. They beat the Raiders pretty badly. Um, you know, they were winning games uh, that, you know, we're good. Like they had some good wins under their belt, but they, they had gotten blown out by the saints twice. And Tom Brady did not have a good quarterback rating on deep balls. So I was just like, look, I I'm not, I'm not sold on Tampa, but the reality is, is that if you break it down to the simplest thing, because I feel like we don't do that enough in football, Right, we try to overanalyze things. We look at things for from the you know the kaleidoscope of of, of everything that could possibly uh, possibly happen. 
if we break down the game simply enough, the Tampa Bay roster is unbelievable. Okay, it's just, it's so good. What's their weakness? You tell me, like, what what is their problem? They run the football well. They have, look, they have two running backs that could start in this league, right? Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. They, they can both play. They have two running backs, and they run the ball well. They have a great offensive line. That's a top 10 offensive line at least. They have possibly the best wide receiver core of all time. I mean, they have legitimately five legitimate wide receivers. Like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. I mean, you can't, like, you don't think Scotty Miller could do everything that Julian Edelman can do? Absolutely he can. I mean, the Buccaneers even have their own little Cole Beasley. I mean, that, that's what he is. And then the fifth-round rookie, Tyler Johnson, did you see the catch he made yesterday? I mean, you're telling me he can't play either? He was a beast at Minnesota. They have five legit wide receivers. They have great tight ends. They have a great. They have a top 10 defense. They get after the quarterback. They stop the run. They've got a young, fast, physical secondary. They have one of the best linebacker duos in the entire NFL, Levante David and Devin White. I mean, what is wrong with this team? And then they have Tom Brady playing quarterback, who, again, point of my argument here, just never seems to eat his own crap. Right? I mean, look, I think that there was a flaw in my argument a while ago. When I was telling you that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a Super Bowl team, and I still technically believe that they are not a Super Bowl team, what I failed to take into account is that Tom Brady never really seems to lose. And it isn't necessarily because of Tom Brady, but it seems to me that, and I, I mean, I think most of the people that were watching the game yesterday felt this way also. I mean, God, doesn't it seem like everything goes his way? Tom Brady threw three balls right at the Saints defense. They were all dropped. Tom Brady threw three picks yesterday. He was supposed to throw three picks yesterday, and none of them came to fruition. His defense caused four turnovers. The Saints had four turnovers. Drew Brees threw three picks, and then there was the fumble from Jared Cook. All of them led to scores. Every single one. The three touchdown drives that Tom Brady had with the Buccaneers combined for 63 yards. He didn't have a single drive, a single offensive drive that was more than 40 yards in length. There was not a single point in that game where Tom Brady scored on a drive where he started on his own side of the field. It didn't happen. The Saints gave that game away. And we're going to talk about Drew Brees a little bit later also. But God, doesn't it just seem like, because what's the story today? What was the story this morning? What was the story early this afternoon? Everybody on sports radio and everybody on, on, on ESPN and all of these different talk shows and everything that are discussing this game today are all saying, oh, Tom Brady, here he is again, the GOAT again, always winning. Let's Can we please take a break from this? I don't think that I'm wrong on Tom. I don't even think I'm wrong on the Buccaneers. I just never took into account that the Brady luck continues. It is something in the ether that cannot be explained. Everything goes Tom Brady's way. doesn't matter who he plays for. New England, Tampa, it doesn't matter. The guy could play for Dusseldorf. I, I don't, still find a way to win games. Tom Brady yesterday was 18 of 33 for 199 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, and he also did not lead a single drive. Did not lead a single drive over 40 yards in the game that resulted in a score, field goal or touchdown. Yesterday, if you include regular season and 
postseason. Yesterday was Tom Brady's second worst completion percentage of the year, 54.5%. Like I keep telling you, Tom Brady was not He wasn't good yesterday. And uh, these are the words that I keep hearing today is he's resourceful. He's uh, he manages. He adapts. Adapts to what? Getting his ass kicked? The Saints defense was handing it to him all game. The only problem was is that the Saints offense kept giving the ball to Tampa Bay at like the Saints 20-yard line. I mean, Tom Brady needed to make two throws and it resulted in a touchdown. I mean, it was unbelievable. Mike Evans had one catch yesterday for three yards and it was a touchdown. There was the Tampa Bay offense yesterday was not electric. Their defense was sensational, but Tampa Bay's offense was not. And this is, again, like, if you're a member of that Tampa Bay defense, aren't you kind of pissed off today? You played ridiculously well in that game and are without a doubt the reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. And Tom Brady gets all of the credit. And he played like crap. He played like crap. The only thing that Tom Brady didn't do was throw a pick, and it was only because the Saints dropped all of them. We're having a completely different discussion today. If the Saints knew how to catch interceptions and Drew Brees didn't turn the ball over three times, if that wasn't the case, if that was not the case, then we would be having a very different conversation on this Monday. I don't want to hear that Tom Brady was clutch. I don't want to hear that he was resourceful. I don't want to hear that he adapted. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear any of this goat forever winning this garbage today. I don't. Because that's not the reality of yesterday. The reality of yesterday was Tom Brady played like crap, got bailed out by his defense, and the New Orleans Saints couldn't produce anything offensively in the second half of that football game, and that is what happened, period. You look at the pure numbers, okay? Like I said, this is a th- this is big, okay? This is the defining number of the whole game. Tom Brady did not leave a score, a, a lead a scoring drive beyond 40 yards. That was the longest scoring drive that they had, 40 yards. You think that's going to fly against Green Bay? You think Aaron Rodgers, look, it took the Buccaneers, it took the Buccaneers for the Saints to turn the ball over four times to win by 10. 10 is not a blowout in the NFL. 10 is a touchdown and a field goal. To win by 10. They needed Jared Cook to fumble and Drew Brees to throw three interceptions on his side of the field. And for Tom Brady to score touchdown drives that that started from the 35-yard line, it seemed like every single time on the Saints' side of the field in order to win by 10. Aaron Rodgers, who notoriously does not turn the ball over. And Green Bay, who runs the ball well and has a quarterback that actually has somewhat of an arm who is going to run away with the MVP award this year and gets after the quarterback like crazy. You think that's going to fly against Green Bay? In, in, In Green Bay's building in the freezing cold. I don't think so. Now, like I said, there's a possibility that, again, I'm wrong. I'm going to roll the dice one more time. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make it to the Super Bowl, I'm picking them. Because I just, I can't. I Who in their right mind wouldn't? Even if the Buccaneers win ugly, even if the Buccaneers don't look good, even if Tom Brady 
doesn't look good. I mean, he's news for it. He didn't look good yesterday against New Orleans. But they still found a way to win anyway. If Tom Brady wins ugly, if Tampa Bay wins ugly, it doesn't matter who they play. Whoever wins the, uh, wins the AFC Championship, doesn't matter whether it's Buffalo or it's Kansas City, doesn't matter. I'm picking the Buccaneers. Because, and it's not because I think the Buccaneers are better. It's not that at all, actually. It's because I can't get over the fact that it just doesn't seem to matter what happens. It just doesn't matter. I mean, seriously, all of the stars align for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's not even that they align for the Bucs. It's that they align for Tom Brady. Brady never eats a fistful of his own crap. Never. Never. In 20 years, Tom Brady has never just stuck it. Never. All of the games that he's supposed to win, he wins. Okay, he lost in the Super Bowl twice to the Giants. Those are the anomalies. But this is exactly what I mean. I'm picking the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl if they beat the Packers on Sunday. Bucks beat the Packers on Sunday. I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl because it doesn't seem to matter any other way. <sighs> okay, uh, let's talk about this, and then we're going to go back to New Orleans. But I do want to uh, get into this. So the Kansas City Chiefs narrowly beat the Cleveland Browns yesterday. 22-17 to 17 was the final score. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt later in the game. Uh, their backup quarterback, Chad Henney, needed to get brought in. He went six for eight, 66 yards, uh, no touchdowns and a pick. He's been, uh, Chad Henney's been in the NFL for 13 years. That was his first playoff game. So, uh, I, I think that, you know, you're not asking Chad Henney to do much. You're just asking him to not give the game away. And they didn't. Um, but here's the thing. And this is the big focus of yesterday was the no call on the clear helmet-to-helmet hit on Rashard Higgins from Daniel Sorensen at the goal line, which forced Rashard Higgins to fumble the football out of the back of the end zone, giving the ball back to the Chiefs at the 20-yard line. That was the call that, I mean, that that was the, the, the shot heard around the world right there. And I got news for you. I I don't like to do this. I never have. Okay. When look in, in on the blown pass interference call, right with the uh, with the Saints and the Rams in the NFC Championship game a number of years ago, that was so clear to be pass interference. It was probably the most blatant missed call in NFL history. I even said then, listen. If you're relying on a call to go your way for you to win football games, you didn't win, you didn't play well enough. This time I don't view it that way. And I don't like to view it that way. I don't like to blame officiating for games. I don't like to blame blown calls for games. I've never been like that. I've in baseball, I've never said, look, a, a wrong safer out call or a wrong strike three. Or, or, or stuff like I, I've never been a guy that blames the umpires. I've never same thing with the NBA. A blown foul call at the end of the game that gives the team two extra free throws. I I never blame it. I never blame it on the refs ever. This time I blame the refs. That game was stolen from the Cleveland Browns. It was stolen. That play alone was a 10 point play. Because there is a chance, again, very rarely do you see in any sport that not only the result of a dumb rule, I think you and I can both agree that it's a dumb rule. Okay, there's no way that the, that the other team should get the ball if you fumble the ball out of the back, of the back of the end, uh, end zone. If you want to move the offense back, Bill Cowher said something on the broadcast yesterday that I thought was really smart. Just give, their, uh, give that team the ball back at, their, at the 20-yard line. 
Move him 20 yards back. 20 yards is the result of the worst penalty in the NFL. The worst penalty possible in the NFL is worth 20 yards. Get, fumble it back. If you want to penalize him, fine. Send him back 20 yards. Don't reward the other team. Don't give it to the other team if you if you fumble out of the back of the end zone. That's crazy. It's crazy. So you and I can both agree, I'm sure, that it is a stupid rule and that the NFL needs to fix it. But in that situation yesterday, here's the way that I looked at it. Daniel Soren, that was a dirty hit. That was a really dirty hit. Daniel Sorensen led entirely with his out. There was no other part of Daniel Sorensen's body that touched Richard Higgins at any point. No other part of Daniel Sorensen's body touched him. It was only the crown of his helmet. It was only his head. Daniel Sorensen dove full speed, full extension with his head first, aiming for Richard Higgins' head to keep him from getting to the goal line. It was a dirty hit. And the result of the dirty hit was that the Chiefs got the ball back at the 20-yard line. So not only the score at that point was 13 to th- uh, I'm sorry, was tw- uh, 13 to 3. I'm sorry, no, it was 16 to 3. The score at that point was 16 to 3 before the game the before the play. The Browns score on that drive, it's 16-10 going into the half. Instead, the Chiefs go down the field, kick a field goal. It now is 19-3 going into the half. So it went from being a six-point game to a 16-point game, hence the 10 points. Very rarely do you see in the NFL teams get rewarded for dirty plays. That was a ridiculously dirty play. And I got news for you. The Kansas City Chiefs played a dirty game yesterday. They were as classless as you have ever seen. Tyron Matthew was despicable yesterday. Fuck freaking walking over guys. I mean, come on. Come on. How much disrespect can you put on a team? I don't respect that. And pardon my almost <laughs> my almost vulgar language. But that's ridiculous. And it should be unacceptable. The the Chiefs were classless yesterday. That was a game that the Browns had. They played a great game yesterday. They did. Baker Mayfield played well yesterday. 23 of 37 for 204, a touchdown and a pick. He played well yesterday. The Chiefs, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Browns ran the ball well yesterday. Nick Chubb averaged five and a half yards a carry. Kareem Hunt averaged five and a half yards a carry. Rashard Higgins caught for 88 yards. Jarvis Landry had seven catches and a touchdown. The Browns did what they had to do. And again, could they have done better at the end of the game to seal the deal? Yes, they could have. But the problem is, is that when you don't get anything, anything, I mean, Kareem Hunt celebrated a touchdown in the end zone, and the refs were a nose hair away from calling it unsportsmanlike conduct. I was say, I was thinking, you've got to be kidding me. After the blown call at the goal line, where you legitimately gave the dirty hit, the guy whose dirty hit his team, you gave him the ball back. You're going to call in sportsmanlike conduct because Kareem Hunt decided to lay the ball down like a pillow and sleep on it. Give me a break. Give me a break. It was like the referees had money on the game. It was, and listen, I don't, I never do this. Ever. I never accuse refs of anything like that. I never 
blame referees for any. I never blame officiating. If you're relying on officiating normally, you didn't play well enough. And just tough deal. If you didn't get a call, you didn't get a call. This completely changed the entire landscape of the game. It totally changed. They took the, the Browns completely out of the football game from that point on. Nobody in the world believed that the Browns had any chance of coming back in that football game once that call was made, without a doubt. And here's the other thing I want to bring up, too, as far as the Browns. Kevin Stefanski was absolutely terrible in that game yesterday, coaching the Cleveland Browns. Terrible. There's such a thing in sports as coaching not to lose. Not coaching to win, but coaching not to lose. And that's what Kevin Stefanski does, did. Kevin Stefanski needed to grow a pair yesterday. There were multiple calls yesterday that the Browns should have challenged. That's up to Kevin Stefanski. That's the head coach's job. Okay, I'm tired of this. Look, and, and I, I gave Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit because he's the calm, cool, and collected guy. He's exactly what the Browns needed. They didn't need a stern leader that pisses people off sometimes. No. They needed a guider. They needed they needed uh, uh what's her name? Uh 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 the the, the or whatever, right? That led Lewis and Clark. Like they needed a guider. They needed somebody to to guide the way, to to lead the way. Show people the way. Hold your hand the whole way through. Right? That's what Kevin Stefanski is. Yeah, but enough of that. There are some times where you got to be a real head coach. There are some times where you got to step on somebody's toes. There's There are some times where you got to yell at people. There are some times where you got to be aggressive. And Kevin Stefanski did not even kind of threaten to do that even a little bit in that football game there wasn't an aggressive play call there was not an aggressive challenge there nothing in that football game said strength from the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns it was all just walking around in dresses it was terrible absolutely terrible by the Cleveland Browns I tweeted yesterday Refs, Kevin Stefanski, refs, the Browns run defense, which also didn't play very well, and refs are who to blame for that game. They, the refs took them out of the game. Took them out. The Browns had no shot after that. Absolutely none. So, like I said, I never do it. I never, I never do that, but I mean, my God, like Daniel Sorensen, there has never been more of an incentive to hit somebody in the head than the example that Daniel Sorensen had yesterday. Daniel Sorensen, who's always been a physical player, leads entirely with his head. Like I said before, not a single other body part on Daniel Sorensen touched Rashard Higgins at any point during that hit. It was head to head, period. And the Chiefs got rewarded for it because the refs didn't call that. And not only that, but the Chiefs got the ball back. Absolutely terrible. And why is that play not reviewable, by the way? Why is that play? So you can review you can review pass interference you can review different plays in the game you review every single scoring play you can't review a dirty hit you can't review that play you're telling me seriously what like what is with this reviewable non-reviewable crap if you're not sure of the call, review it. Review it. If the game takes 30 minutes longer, fine. It's just crazy. 
Absolutely crazy. So as I digress, I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and then you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. So you sign up, you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from a hundred bucks to a thousand bucks. Let me repeat that: a hundred bucks to a thousand bucks in an uh, in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, okay, so let's move on to this. Uh, uh, we'll go back to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Uh, so. Drew Brees yesterday, 19 of 34, 134 yards, a touchdown and three picks. Uh, He did not play well, even kind of. I mean, the ball was just not coming out of his hand. Uh, And, you know, part of that you could probably blame on the injury. I mean, the guy's got like nine broken ribs or something like that. Like, the guy's basically a noodle. Like, he's just, you know, it's really tough to play with nine broken ribs, (laughs) okay? Um but Drew Brees was not throwing the ball well. And even before the injury, I think people were looking at Drew Brees and they were saying, uh, well, like the age is starting to show. Drew Brees this year, um, you know, it's very unorthodox for him to not lead the league in completion percentage. He didn't lead the league in completion percentage this year. I mean, he still completed 70.5% of his throws, but, you know, (laughs) what can you say? Drew Brees was not the same quarterback this year than he has been in years past. Okay, that injury that he suffered was really big. And especially after the injury, you just looked at him, you're just like, uh, no. Like, people were genuinely thinking yesterday that Jameis Winston was going to give the Saints a better chance to win than Drew Brees. How crazy is that coming out of your mouth? Seriously. So... My reaction again is it's time. Drew Brees said that he was going to retire after the game. Uh, he was going to retire after uh, this playoff run. He sort of backtracked last night after the loss, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm not nothing's final yet. I'm going to take some time to, you know, I'll talk to, about it with my family, and I'll, you know." I got a lot of things to think about and everything like that. There's nothing to think about. Drew Brees needs to be done in the NFL. And it's, it's a shame that Drew Brees went out the way that he did, but I don't think that Drew Brees could play another snap in the NFL. He's just not that good anymore. Right. I I mean, again, like he can manage his numbers are not going to be terrible. You know, like, like his numbers this year were not terrible. He had a 106.4 quarterback rating. That's pretty good, right? 70.5% completion percentage. He threw for almost 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns and six picks in 12 games. And most of those games, he didn't have Michael Thomas, right? Like, the numbers aren't bad, but the reality of the situation is, is that you watch Drew Brees and the guy's throwing change-ups and not fastballs. The guy cannot throw the ball down the field. He just can't, he can't throw a deep ball. I give Tom Brady a lot of crap for having a bad completion percentage on, G, on deep balls. The Saints don't even try them with Drew Brees. They don't even try them. I mean, it's over for him. It's over for Drew Brees. And he had a sensational career. You don't need me to tell you that. You don't need me to tell you that Drew Brees is the first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't need me to tell you that Drew Brees is one of the five best quarterbacks to ever play the game. You don't need me to tell you that Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback who's ever thrown a football. Like, you don't need me to tell you all that stuff. Okay, I could sit here and recap his career and and praise him for all he's done and everything like that. I'm not going to do that because you know that already. You know how good Drew Brees is. You know how much I respect him. You know everything there is to know about why Drew Brees is going to go down in NFL history as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. You know that. But Drew Brees at this point in his career, I mean, what happens if Drew Brees gets hurt again? 
Like you have to like try to live inside of Drew Brees' mind right now. Right? Drew Brees, I'm I'm sure he loves football. Okay. There's an unconditional love for football in Drew Brees' head. There just is. Okay. His heart tells him, look, I, I love the game and it's going to be really hard to walk away. But there's way more positives than there are negatives to him retiring. Okay, listen, I thought Tom Brady should have retired last year. After the season last year, I thought Tom Brady should have retired. That was my first thing. Now, I knew that that probably wasn't going to happen, but I was suggesting to Tom Brady, look, your best days are behind you. You're not as accurate as you used to be. You're slower than you used to be. You're more injury prone than you used to be. I mean, look, the, the, the relationship with Bill Belichick was was fizzling away. Now was the perfect time to walk away. Plus, again, Giselle was saying, look, I, I just I want him to come home. I'm worried about him. I want him to spend more time with, with his kids. Like, th- this was all public. This, I mean, they, and this, this is serious stuff. This is life. It's not like Giselle's just saying, listen, I'm worried he's going to tear his ACL. No. I'm worried he's going to break nine ribs. No, he's not. That's not... I want him to spend more time with his family. That was Tom. That's Giselle. That's Tom Brady's wife. You know, talking about that. And it wouldn't be a pain to come home either. You live in freaking Nantucket or whatever. You live in a $50 million home. Like, I, I don't even know. Drew Brees, I think, needs to make the same decision. Drew Brees has a wife, a couple kids. And again, like, you can't tell me that in the time that he was hurt, that he wasn't embracing all of that time that he could spend with his family. Drew Brees is not throwing the football the same. He's not, I mean, look, you think that it's going to get any better for Drew Brees next year? Like, what's the upside for Drew Brees? I mean, Drew has to notice, I mean, he's not an idiot. He knows his own body. He knows this. Drew Brees has to know to himself. He has to be telling himself at the same, you know, all of the same things that I'm telling you right now. Like, listen, I'm just, Like the ball just doesn't feel the same. I mean, I'm putting in a lot of effort. I'm throwing a ball with a lot of effort, but it's not going as fast, not going as far. Michael Thomas did not have a single catch yesterday. You think that's because Tampa Bay's defense was so good? Or do you think it's because Drew Brees couldn't get him the ball? I think it's primarily the latter. I just, I mean, you saw it. Drew Brees sees it. Feels it. I think it's time for him. There's way more plus than minus in this situation for Drew Brees to retire. He's going to go down, like I said. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's the most accurate thrower of the football in NFL history, and it is not even close. It's not even close. Drew Brees' career completion percentage is 67.7%. Okay, his completion percentage with the Saints in 15 years with the New Orleans Saints is 68.8. I mean, that's outrageous. He has completed over 70% of his throws for five straight years. He's completed over 70% of his throws seven times in his career. Seven. He's led the league in passing yards. How many? Seven times in his career. He's led the league in touchdown passes four times in his career. He's led the league in yards per game six times in his career. He's led the league in quarterback rating twice in his career. How many Pro Bowls has he been to? Thirteen. He's an all-pro. He's a Super Bowl champ. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year. What more would Drew Brees want to accomplish? I mean, yeah, having more than one ring on your uh, on your hand is nice and sweet, right? You'd love to be one of those quarterbacks in NFL history that has won more than one Super Bowl. There's only like 13 of them. But Drew Brees is not going to accomplish that at this point in his career. It's too late. Drew Brees cannot in his right mind think that in his condition, 
he can win another Super Bowl as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Two years ago, yeah. Even a year ago, yeah. There was a drastic drop-off for Drew Brees this year. And that's, I mean, you saw it. Drew Brees is not a capable starting quarterback in the NFL. And it's not because he's bad. It's because he's old. And it's because, like, again, you can you can win a couple you can win some games with Drew Brees at quarterback. You sure you certainly can. So maybe, excuse me, maybe I shouldn't call maybe I shouldn't say he's not a capable starting quarterback. He's not a Super Bowl contending quarterback anymore. He's gonna go up against Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, and guys like, I mean, these guys are crazy athletic, have crazy arms. There's just, uh, there's, they're so dynamic. Drew Brees can't throw the ball more than 10 yards in the air. I mean, and, and I get it, that's a good Bucks defense. But, I mean, we, we get it. There's a difference between a defense owning you and you just not looking right. And Drew Brees did not look right. So it's time. And I love Drew Brees. I really do. I, I think he's been such an incredible role model for people. Like, you, you don't even have to be a young quarterback. You don't have to be a football player. Sports fans, whatever. Drew Brees has been a phenomenal, phenomenal ambassador of the game he has such a great role model he's played the game with class his entire career i mean you never hear anything bad about drew Brees. never hear anything bad about drew Brees. so i think it's time for him to go uh and there's no shame in that i mean he's really he is a phenomenal phenomenal talent and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And again, would you like to have seen him go out in a more positive fashion? You know, maybe he could have still lost the game, but maybe he throws three touchdowns and one pick instead of one touchdown and three picks. I mean, that would have been a little bit more storybook, but, you know, he's going to walk away from the game. His legacy doesn't change. He still has a winning record against Tom Brady. He's beat him more times than Tom Brady's beat him. I mean, that's something to write home about. So. Drew Brees, uh, he should call it quits. Uh, Okie dokie. So uh, in the non-playoff news, we'll discuss this for a little bit. Um, there were two NFL head coaching hires. So now there are five. Five of the seven head coaching vacancies in the NFL have been filled. So there are only two jobs left. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans are still available uh, for head coaching jobs. So yesterday, uh, two people got hired. Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the LA Rams, got hired by the Chargers. So he's moving cross town uh, to be the head coach of the LA Chargers. And then the assistant head coach to the New Orleans Saints, Dan Campbell, got hired by the Detroit Lions yesterday as well. Um, and again, I don't think either one is a bad hire. I think they're going for, again, like Dan Campbell has always been perceived to me as a culture guy. He's always been a guy that uh, that that players like. And I, the Lions are trying to, uh, to bring in, they obviously saw something in him uh, that can overhaul the culture. The Lions job is not attractive. So uh, it takes a lot for Dan Campbell to take care of that job. Um, and as far as Brandon Staley, I mean, like I said, we were all expect, expecting Brian Dable to be the head coach of the Chargers because we thought that the Chargers were just going to, like, that they needed to pair Brian Dable and Justin Herbert because that would have been special. But this is my point on NFL head coaches, and I've said this for a long time. Interviews matter more than anything in the world. Track record 
whatever. Okay? Like, your resume is not nearly as important as your interview. And that's with anything. I swear. Your resume might get you your interview, but your interview is what seals the deal. This is my thing. So, again, a lot of people, and I'm going to get some backlash on this. A lot of people are saying, oh, where's Eric B. Enemy? Oh, here we go again. There's no diversity in the in the head coaching hires. I got news for you. I don't want to say that, you know, Eric B. Enemy doesn't deserve a job because, you know, I, I'd give him a shot. Absolutely. But did you ever think that after Eric B. Enemy's interviews, nobody is dying to have him? After Eric B. Enemy's interviews, like, why do you think Brandon Staley got hired by the Chargers yesterday? Brandon Staley interviewed with the Chargers yesterday, and they didn't, they liked him so much, they didn't want him to leave. They didn't let him leave the building. They said, look, this dude is going to get hired somewhere, and we want it to be here. They couldn't let him go. Eric Bieniemy, the last two seasons, has interviewed for multiple head coaching jobs, and not a single franchise said, oh, yeah, that guy's just, we can't let him go. We can't let him walk out. There's something about the interview that's not going wrong, and that's not going right. And again, these are two guys, Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dable, who have had serious head coach aspirations, serious prospects for being a head coach. Serious. I mean, Eric Bieniemy has been talked about for the last two years at least. Why do you think he's not getting hired? Why do you think that people like Dan Campbell and Brandon Staley, as soon as they walk in the building or as soon as their interview's over, I mean, they're writing up the contract. I always say, look, we can't pretend like we know everything. Not everything is so black and white. Not everything is so clear cut. I don't think that there's a racial thing going on with people not hiring Eric Bieniemy. What I do think is happening, though, is that they're bringing Eric, Eric Bieniemy in for interviews, and he's not wowing anybody. I mean, again, you look at track record, and okay, fine, that's all good. But if your interview sucks, okay, if, if you don't wow people in the interview, it doesn't matter how good your track record is. It doesn't matter. Look, that's the way it is in any business ever. Okay, my dad owns a business. My dad's my dad has turned down people with incredible resumes for people whose interviews went incredibly well. The interview is what seals it. Okay, I could have a massive resume filled with tons of great stuff. And again, that might lead to me getting the interview. But that's all it is. You got to be, you, you have to grasp them at the interview. You have to grab their attention and hold on to it and make them want you. And that's, again, and I'm, I don't know this, but this is my guess on what's going on. Because I have a feeling that the Texans and the Eagles are going to pass on Eric Bieniemy. They're going to pass an Eric Bieniemy. Uh, Brian Dable might be safe. I mean, Brian Dable might not even take a job. If I'm Brian Dable, I don't want that job, either one of those jobs. Maybe I want the Eagle job. Right? The Eagles job, I think, is more attractive than Houston's job because Deshaun Watson ain't going to be there when you get there. <laughs> and that's a dysfunctional organization. So, and I've even said this too. If you're Eric Bieniemy, sometimes not getting the job is a blessing. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe when Andy Reid retires, he'll just take over for Andy Reid and they won't miss a step offensively. Maybe that's, honestly, like maybe that's a good thing. It might be a blessing for Eric Bieniemy. And look, I know players love him and I know that his offenses are electric. 
And I get, you know, he's he, he's got a little bit of a past and struggling with being a head coach, right? He didn't do well. He didn't perform well at Colorado when he was the when he was the head coach there. I get that. And look, you know, maybe maybe that's part of it also. But my guess is is that he's been in the NFL for a few years now at least. He's been under Andy Reid leading one of the most potent offenses in NFL history. And that guy can't get a job. Do you have a feeling that it's race or do you think again, Brandon Staley, the Chargers didn't let him leave. We're not letting you leave until we offer you the job, man. I mean, we look, and they were for certain going to hire Brian Dable. They were for certain. How do you think the Jets got Robert Sala? Right? We we all thought Robert Sala was going to be a lock for the for the Detroit Lions. He's from there. The Lions showed interest really early in the season. As soon as the Lions fired Matt Patricia, the first name you heard, Robert Sala. He's going to Detroit. Jay Glazer was reporting it as almost a done deal. And Jay Glazer is accurate with almost everything that he talks about. I mean, it's insane. He's so reliable. The Jets said, Robert, we're not letting you leave. The The Chargers said, Brandon Staley, we are not letting you leave. That's the way it goes. Nobody is interviewing Eric Bieniemy and saying, Eric, we can't let you leave. Nobody says that. So, again, I said this from before, and again, I think this proves my point, genuinely. I do. I get that his credentials are good, but the interview is what matters most. Nobody expected Brandon Staley to get the Chargers job until minutes after the interview ended. I mean, Chargers, that's Brian Dable's job. Everybody was predicting it. I was predicting it. I thought it was a done deal. As soon as the Bills got eliminated from the playoffs or or if they had won the Super Bowl or whatever, as soon as that was done, Brian Dable was going to get hired by the Chargers. Turns out that Brandon Staley had a knock-dead interview. I'm sure the Chargers were thinking, yeah, we're going to go hard after Brian Dable. And then they heard Brandon Staley, and they're just like, no, this guy's better. <laughs> this guy's better. So, again, interviews matter, man. They really do. Okay, uh, close the show out today. I'm going to rank. Uh, usually, I'm going to do this segment on Friday where I rank the Super Bowl matchups in what we would really want to see. Okay, these are not necessarily what would be the best game, but from entertainment value, storylines, these are those would be the best Super Bowl matchups. We're going to do that on Friday. It's like my favorite segment of the whole year. Um, the this right here, I'm going to do. I'm going to rank the quarterbacks that are in the conference championship. There's only four, so that's why I'm only leaving a few minutes at the end of the show to do it. Um, four quarterbacks in the conference championship. We're going to rank them from four to one. Here we go. So number four for me, the worst quarterback right now in the conference championship is Tom Brady. Now, again, maybe we're going to say, oh, but Guido, you got to take. Again, this is just based on quarterback. You understand today that Tom Brady is the least talented quarterback that's left in the conference championship, and it's not even close. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen play in this league. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are two young spring chickens that are just, they they absolutely sling the football. They're mobile. I mean, those guys are ridiculously flooded with talent. Tom Brady isn't. And honestly, Tom Brady throughout his career has never been all that raw talented. He's never, he never has been. He's never been a guy that runs around like crazy, makes these crazy throws. Like he's never been a guy like that. He's just been incredibly efficient. He's been incredibly well coached, incredibly well disciplined. He doesn't turn the ball over. Like that's, that's Tom Brady. And he's made, he's obviously, he's made an amazing career for himself. Tom Brady's the least talented. Tom Brady's the worst quarterback going in. Now, you can also make the argument, again, that Tom Brady has the best weapons out of anybody. I mean, like I said before, Tampa Bay's wide receiver core is quite possibly the best wide receiver core of all time. Okay, 
Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then you get add Gronk to that mix. Like I said, Scotty Miller can do everything that Julian Edelman can do. Tyler Johnson, like I said, did you see the catch that he made yesterday? Tyler Johnson, their fifth round pick, can play. Like that. This is a team that has real players on it, especially perimeter players. So again, this is not disrespect to Tom Brady, but look who else is here. Tom Brady is number four. Number three is Josh Allen. Now, again, it's going to look like, again, Josh Allen has had a phenomenal year, but the reality is about Josh Allen is that, that, look, it's one year so far for him, and one of the things about Buffalo is that there's a lot of pressure put on Josh Allen because they are just, like, they are avoiding running the football, and that might have been what they were doing against Baltimore because Baltimore held Derrick Henry to 40 yards. Like, that could have just been the game plan, but you don't like how many times I'm going to tell you exactly how many times did the Buffalo Bills run the football? Okay. Devin Singletary had seven carries. TJ Yeldon had two and Josh Allen had seven and those were not designed runs. So let's say legitimately, they probably ran the ball like 10 or 11 times. Josh Allen threw 37 passes. There were, there was no balance in this offense. They are av- avoiding running the football. So there is a legitimate pressure on Josh Allen's shoulders. There just is, okay? But there's no denying the talent, right? He runs like crazy. Some He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. Uh, and this year, the jump in accuracy has been ridiculous. Last year, his completion percentage was 58.8. This year, it's 69.2. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable the kind of jump that he has made with accuracy. 20 touchdowns and nine picks last year, 37 touchdowns and 10 picks this year. I mean, it's just a ridiculous improvement. Ridiculous improvement. And they, that might be the trade of the year when they traded for Stefan Diggs. Seriously. So Josh Allen's number three. Here we go with number two. Number two right now is Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Overall, long-term, short-term, if you're looking at grand scheme of things, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is playing better football than anybody in the NFL right now. Patrick Mahomes, I have more faith in Aaron Rodgers going forward this year than I do in Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, he's as talented as any quarterback that I've ever seen in my whole life. He is. And that is an incredibly dangerous offense that is going to score a lot of points. They are going to give the Bills fits. Uh, but again, Patrick Mahomes, to me, is the second best right now. Because like Aaron Rodgers is playing unreal football. Now, again, they're, they're going to throw the ball deep a lot. Their running game is good. Patrick Mahomes, again, there's not as much pressure on his shoulders. Plus, you also got to keep this in mind, he got hurt yesterday, so there isn't even a guarantee that he plays in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I would assume that he does just from pure will, if anything else, but uh, I would assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Aaron Rodgers is number one. Again, the Aaron Rodgers this year has just been a different animal at quarterback. He just has been. Okay, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, and like I said, we were thinking last year, like Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Aaron Rodgers this year had 48 touchdowns and five picks and led the league in completion percentage at 70.7. I mean, he just was a different animal this year. He just was different. I mean, it's just absolutely insane what he was able to do. So that's how I ranked the quarterbacks this year in the conference championship right now. Aaron Rodgers one, Patrick Mahomes two, Josh Allen three, Tom Brady four. That's how I rank it. Again, we'll do a lot more stuff on Friday. We'll make picks. We'll pick the Super Bowl matchups, all of that stuff. It's great to have you with us. Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. We'll see you on Friday. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.